Welcome to another inspirational teaching from Faith Family Church by Senior Pastor Mike DeBenke. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv. Hey, good morning, guys. Pastor Mike coming to you. So excited and, and privileged to be able to bring the Word of God into your house today. I know there's things that try to distract us and take our attention, but we're going to go ahead and we're going to press in and we're going to get everything out of this that God has for us because this series, The Authority of the Believer, is life-changing. It makes the difference. It lets you walk out the life that God has for you and to stand against anything the enemy would try to bring your way. So I want to go ahead and go to the Father, and then we're just going to jump right in. Amen? Let's go in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that by being here, showing up, making room for you in our lives, that we can have full expectation that you're going to bring and even download into our hearts the very best information that your word has to offer. I know the Holy Spirit will use my mind and my mouth with his anointing to bring so much more than what I actually have to say. So we have great expectation, and we believe with all of our hearts that we're going to be better off on the other side of this, and we just want to say thank you for that in Jesus' name. Well, as I said, we are going to continue our series on the authority of the believer, and some of the things that we've picked up so far, what do we know? We know that God has a plan for man, that his original intent was for man to rule and reign on this planet, to operate in authority and power delegated from him to carry out his will on the earth. And you know what? It all looked great to start with, but then we know that first man, Adam, went ahead, he betrayed God, he yielded to Satan, he, he went ahead and, and what by doing that, he allowed Satan to literally take the position that man was originally intended. He, he, he allowed him to step in and to have more authority and more place than he ever should have. And we also know that by him yielding to Satan, it opened the door for sin and for death. And I tell you, I, I, I've seen so much negativity and, and things happening, but the thing that's, that's really irritating me right now is that I hear God's getting the blame for a lot of this stuff. COVID-19, well, God's punishing, you know, the, the things that are happening with the storms and, and the, the different crime, and I, it's not God. It's not his plan. It's not his intent. God's not going to use sickness to teach you, punish you, correct you and then remember when jesus gave the disciples he said he called them to him we saw it in matthew last week where it says he gave them power to cast out unclean spirits and to heal all manner of sickness and disease god's not going to give us the power to heal sickness and disease if he's going to use it to teach us something he'd be causing us to work against him it doesn't even make sense a house divided doesn't stand so just get that out of your mind. I'm going to address it a couple times today with some things that have happened in our, in our immediate area and around the country. And I want you to know that it's a lie that the devil uses to, to get us to question whether we should pray, whether we should stand against something, because what if it's God? If it's God, we just have to grin and bear it, right? But if it's not God, we can stand in our position of authority and power and say, no, this is not coming to my house. I'm not going to receive this. And I really believe that that's why God's got us teaching this series right now. There's a lot going on in the world, but we don't have to be afraid. Why? Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And we're going to be assured of that. We're going to have faith to believe that 
by remaining in the word, by digging into God's word and receiving it. And actually today, we've heard about how the, the plan for all of mankind, but today the title of our message is, It's Personal. So we're gonna make this personal today. We're gonna see how it applies to us as individuals and how we can rise up and we can rule and reign in our world. We can declare what's allowed and what's not. We can stop the devil because we have that authority and power that's been given to us through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Amen? So what I wanna do is I wanna go ahead and dig in and we're gonna look in Genesis again and I know we've looked at it, but it's just like if you climb a mountain. You climb the mountain on one side and you, okay, yeah, I know this. But then if you go up that same mountain on the other side, you see a completely different perspective. Amen? And that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at it from a little different perspective, and we're going to glean a little bit more out of God's Word so that we're equipped and we're prepared to walk out and to live out the victory that Jesus provided. Amen? You guys with me? All right. So we're going to start in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 26. And we're going to go ahead and look at it and see how this kind of will open our eyes, if you will, to let us see how it's not for everybody else. It's not for the spiritual people. It's not for the preachers and people like that. It's actually for every person that has accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And once we're convinced of this, the devil's in trouble. His power is stopped, and we're able to go ahead and press through and, and receive and walk in all that God has for us. It's a good message. It will change your life if you let it. So let's jump in. Genesis chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And, and in my Bible, right after likeness, there's a colon there. And I believe the reason's there because men are so ready to debate and to discuss and, and talk till they're blue in the face but never really figure anything out. What did God really mean when he said, I'm, I'm going to make him in our image and in our likeness? What, how, how far does that? Listen, if we just look at what was written, he tells us. He tells us exactly what it says. He says, I want you to notice that when that colon's there after the word likeness, that we can see that, that he made us in his image and his likeness. And, and he wants us to have dominion and power so that we can operate the way that he operates, so that we can grow from what our, our father does. We can look at our father just like a natural child looks at his father and learns from what he does, learns from how he does things so that we would be assured and be confident so when we face something that's going to try to buck up against our authority, try to resist what pos the position God's given us, we can say, no, no, that's not the way dad did it. I'm going to do it the way dad did it. Amen. So we're not going to get into the debate of it and stuff. Let's look at what it says. And, and we're going to see that as we're creating his image and his likeness, let them have dominion. Man, there it is. It, it's, it's dominion again. And, and you know what that is? That word means authority. That means that you have power. What God is saying is here, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Let us give him dominion like we have dominion. Let us give him authority like we have authority so that we can rule and reign and, and, and there's no power that can rise up successfully against us. You know, that's exactly what it's talking about as God delegated this, this position. He wanted us to know how to use it. Just like I taught my boys what I wanted them to learn, you probably taught your boys or your girls and it's the way our Heavenly Father does it. So what does it say? Let's go on. He says, let them have this dominion, this authority over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. 
Verse 27, so God created man in his own image, and in the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Now, verse 28 says, then God blessed. That word blessed there actually means he empowered. Then God empowered them, or God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. We're talking about a position of authority. Have dominion. There we are again, which, you know, we, def- we defined it last time. To have this dominion, this authority, means you have the right to command. You have the right to command, amen? And really what he's saying is, guys, you know, not guys. I mean, this is God talking to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. But when he says, let us do this, he's saying, let's put man in charge. Let's create him and give him dominion and authority over this. Let's put him in charge, amen? So, I believe with all of my heart that God is ultimately here to show us how we can do this. And of course, we know that um, uh, the first Adam, who the Bible calls Jesus the second Adam, but Adam, the first man, that he messed all of this up. That he went ahead and submitted to the devil. He, he committed treason against God's plan. He submitted to the devil, yielded to what he suggested for him to do. And when that happened, God said, he goes, if you do this, you're going to surely die. But Adam went ahead and did it. He fell for that deception that Lucifer offered him, or Satan, rather, offered him. And the Bible says when he did that, that sin and, and death came in. We were never intended to deal with that. We were never intended to die. Matter of fact, today, science still can't tell us why we die. You know, our body gets brand new cells. Every cell in our body is completely re- Re- redone. I mean, we get brand new ones every seven to 11 years. It's, it's the way he created us to live on perpetually. But because of what happened in the garden, when Adam fell, when mankind fell, they died. They died spiritually, which means they were separated from God. But also their body started dying physically. Now, it took a long time at that point. If you read, they lived hundreds and hundreds of years. But eventually, they did die. There was a cessation of life for their physical bodies because that sin and that, that death entered in. So here we are. We know, all right, God had a plan, but he got messed up. Things went awry. But then we see through what we've been studying is that Jesus came back to restore us back to that original position. He came to restore us to that original place that, that God had intended for us again. And we're going to look at this now. Amen? So as we do this, I'm going to address a few things that are really kind of pet peeves of mine and I get a little excited about it. So if I, if I get too excited, I apologize. But I'm so tired of hearing how God's doing this and how God did that, talking about the negative things in our world. He never gets credit for the good things, it seems like. But um, and I, and I, let me just tell you what I'm talking about. We had a situation recently in Boynton Beach, real close to where we are. And there was a little girl, four years old, and she was taken to her grandmother's house to be babysat. But the grandmother was old, couldn't watch him. So an older relative in his 20s went ahead and took the little girl, actually kidnapped her, and took her away and did horrible things. I'm not even going to go into it because I know we got some kids watching, but did horrible things to her, four years old. And then gave her $11, stuck it in, stuffed it in her clothes, and told her, here, this is so you don't tell mommy what happened. There are people that believe 
that all of this stuff happens. I, I, I heard this said, and this is what really, man, I just get upset about. It, it's worse than somebody talking bad about my mom. Somebody talks bad about your mom, you get hot, right? When I hear somebody say these things about God, I get hot. I mean, it makes me angry that they would think that God would have anything to do with such a horrific thing. You know, and that's why we need to learn this and we need to learn who we are. You say, well, Pastor Mike, do people really believe that? You don't have to believe it completely for it to undermine your faith. I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. There's a little boy playing in his front yard. He's five years old. His seven and eight-year-old sister's out there. This is just recently, right? Right? Not, you know, I think it was in another state. But one of his neighbors, another 20-something-year-old, came out with a firearm, went right up to the little boy, did something horrible that can never be taken back right in front of his little sisters. And you say, Pastor Mike, this is pretty heavy. Yeah, but here's the thing. There are people that are telling people that, well, God had a reason for that. And, you know, ours is not to reason why. And I want you to understand that when we believe those lies, when we even let them in a little bit, when, when something negative, when something from the enemy that we have authority and power to stand against, comes our way, if we believe just a little bit of that, we can find ourselves questioning, well, is God trying to teach me something? Am I being punished for something? There's, there's never been a bigger lie. This is straight from the pit of hell. And the devil is trying to get us to buy into this so that we will question our faith about who we are in Christ when those storms come to our house. And I'm telling you, no. That's not the plan of God. God wants us to rule and reign over our world, over our lives. And he wants us to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil the Bible talks about. And we know the devil who's, who's referred to as the thief comes to what? To steal, kill, and destroy. That's not God coming and doing this stuff. God has nothing to do with it. People think God's got his fingerprints on that. They don't know God. As a matter of fact, most people that say this, those are the same people that don't get in the word for themselves and find out exactly what it's saying. That's why God has us doing this series. That's why I want you to listen, to take it in, and to allow God to reveal to you exactly what we have the authority to stand against and who we are in Christ. I hope you're getting this because this, this is some good stuff. Let's go on. What does it say? And we know that God doesn't do that. There's plenty of scriptures that tell us that that's not him. There's no scripture in the New Testament that says that God's doing these things. So I want you to chuck that stuff out. And whenever somebody says something, you just get rid of it. Don't even listen to it. Say, that's not my God. I don't want to hear you lying about my God. You know, that's like talking bad about my mama, right? We're not going to put up with it anymore. We're rule and reign. We're believers. Greater is he that's us in the world. So shut that crazy talk up. Don't, don't talk bad about my God. That's, that's what we're going to be. That's what we're going to lean into as we, as we go through this. I hope you see it. The scripture goes on and says, and yeah, I, I get a little worked up on this because it is something that really bothers me. Over all the earth, over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. God said, listen to this. See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, every herb that yields seed, and every tree whose fruit yields seed, again seed, to you, and it shall be for food. So now here's what we see God doing. We see him giving us these gifts, giving us this, this supply. He gave us authority and power, and, and they're kind of connected together. You know, we have the authority to use his power. That's what we're talking about. You remember last week we, we talked about the illustration where FPNL will bring the power to your house, and they'll connect it to your house, but they're not going to come in and, and flip the switch on in your living room when you want the lights on. That's not their responsibility. 
the power's there. You say, well, what if the power bill's not paid? Trust me, Jesus already paid the full bill. Everything's been paid for so that that power's available to you. But then the responsibility falls on us to flick the switch, to make use of that power and allow it to work for our good. And that's really what we're talking about here. Amen? So we see that God's gave bring these two gifts. We see authority and power. But then we also see that he's talking about this, this gift of seed. And this seed is very personal. It's individual. It's, it's for us personally. And that's why the title of our message today is, Now It's Personal. You talk about my mama, now it's personal. You, you want to undermine who I am in Christ, now it's personal. I'll tell you right now, you need to, you need to look at somebody in your house and say, now it's getting personal. Amen. The, the devil needs to hear you say that. Devil, now it's getting personal. We're going to come at this thing and we're going to change this and we're going to walk in who we are. And your day and being victorious in my life are over starting today. Amen. Let's, let's just get up and, and, and excited about it. Let's, let's, let's not just be lean back like we're in some sort of half of a coma. Okay, Pastor Mike. No, no, no. This word is to change your life. This word is to empower you, to equip you, and to let you have an expectation that when you step out in faith, all the power of God's throne is coming with you. Amen? This is good stuff. So, now, we see this, and, and what does that mean to me if I've been given this gift of power and authority? What does that mean that God's given me seed? Well, newsflash, it means you're no longer subject to whatever life or whatever fate or whatever the enemy brings your way. You no longer have to submit to it. You now have authority and power to what? To command. Remember, we now, because of this authority, we have the right to command. A right is not something that you question. We have rights. When, when We've got elections coming up, right? There's some here just in the very near future. And then we've got, of course, the presidential election coming up in November. And what I want to encourage you to do is when you get to the poll, don't walk in there and start second guessing. Oh, have I been a good American? Oh, did I say a Pledge of Allegiance enough? Oh, you know what? I think I didn't put my hand over my heart at the game the other night. No, you don't second guess your rights because they're yours. They're yours. You're going to walk into that polling station. You're going to expect them to give you a ballot and you're going to exercise your right. That's the same thing with the right to command. We have to just, we know who we are. So we have this right and we're going to go ahead and we're going to, we're going to step out in it. Amen. You know, there was a, a, a series, uh, a TV sitcom. Not, ah, it's been a few years ago now. I think I'm getting older. But anyway, it was called Charles in Charge. Charles in Charge. I never really watched it much, but I like the name of it. Matter of fact, I want you to say that. I want you to say your name, and then I want you to say in charge. I want you to get a picture. I want you to hear yourself saying this. Mike, in charge. Whatever your name is, say, yeah, in charge. And, and then look to the devil and say, yeah, devil, Mike's in charge. You know what? I'm in charge now. I'm not turning my life over. I'm not just taking whatever you bring my way. I'm going to go ahead and reach out my faith and walk in the life that God promised me. That's what I'm going to do. Amen? You say, well, are you sure that we can pray against these things? Let me tell you something. And this is what's got me a little worked up. You know, we had the big storm go across the Midwest. Was, uh, I forget the, what it was called, kind of a dragon on or something like that. But anyway, it was a really bad storm. It did a ton of damage to the crops and the, and the fields in the Midwest. When it got to Fort Wayne, Indiana, there's a grandmother there in her mobile home. I think she's in her 70s. The storm came. The wind started blowing, so that grandmother grabbed her five-year-old grandson who was in, in her care, and she covered him up, and she protected him. As the storm raged, her mobile home gave way. It blew it over, did a lot of damage. 
The neighbors saw it. Of course, they called for the rescue teams to come, and, and they came as soon as they could. And as they started digging in to try to recover the people in that mobile home, they found the grandmother. She had succumbed to the, the injuries that happened as all this devastation hit her mobile home. But you know what they found? While they're, while they're trying to bring her out, they found that her five-year-old grandson was still in her arms and she was still shielding him to protect him. And that he was alive. He had only minor scrapes and, and bruises that, that he was perfectly safe because of the, the sacrifice that that grandmother was willing to give to protect the one she loved. And I want you to know that she, she's an amazing person and, and what a great testament of, of her character and her love. And it's incredible that that boy's gonna grow up knowing that grandma was willing to, to, to sacrifice herself to save you. But it's kind of like our God. I mean, he, he was willing to give his very best so that he could save us. And yet here we've got people saying things that, that are just, just absolutely insulting. And here's what I'm talking about. When the news crew came to the area and they interviewed the neighbor, the friend of the grandmother who was killed, this is what she said. She goes, well, I don't know why this had to happen. I know God's got his own plan, but it sure seems very cruel. When I hear stuff like that, it breaks my heart. Because here's a person who has now giving credit to God for this horrible storm that did all this damage and actually killed this woman. And she's, she's putting it in a way where there's like this mysterious reason that God doesn't tell us about, you know, the old ours is not to reason why. That's just, it, it's lies to, to get us off track. So the, the next time a storm's coming, oh, is this God? I don't know. Did I not do something? Am I being punished? You can't stand in faith and believe that, that the authority and power you've been given is going to be effective if you think God's the one bringing it. These are lies designed to undermine our understanding, our revelation, our knowing of what God says to us personally. And, and I say that we need to get away from this. We need to go ahead and read the Bible for ourselves and find out that the Bible very clearly describes the thief as the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy, which perfectly describes the, the results of that storm. It says that the Jesus, who was a very express image of God, who Jesus himself said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only say what I hear the Father say. He never did anything like that. There's no New Testament scriptures that tells us that God operates that way, but there's plenty of them that tells us that he doesn't. So we have to know this and we have to dig into the word and find this out for ourselves if we're going to be able to stand and believe that these scriptures and these, these, these insights to his word about what it means to have authority as a believer. Amen? So here we go. We're going to go ahead and look at this. We're going to kind of undo it. We're going to realize that, you know what? Next time a storm comes, I'm not going to wonder, is that God? Because if it's God, we just got to grin and bear it. But if it's not God, then we can stand and say no. Jesus gave us examples all through his life for us to learn from. You say, Pastor Mike, you mean you can stand and stop a storm? No, but I believe I can stop a storm from destroying my house. I don't know what he's going to do next door. I don't know what he's going to do down the street. But I believe I have the authority and the power to say, no, not today. You're not going to take my house and you're not going to hurt my loved ones. You say, well, that's pretty bold. It's not bold in myself. It's bold in who the Bible says I am in Christ. Amen? 
See, here's the thing. If we don't take our rightful place of authority and if we don't stand up against the enemy, then we're pretty much just sitting back and letting him have his way. It's like opening the door and letting him in when we have the very power to stop him. You say, well, can you show me that? Yeah, let's go ahead. Let's dig in. Go to Genesis chapter 2, and I'm going to show it to you in Scripture so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Amen? Genesis chapter 2 says this. And the, Lord God f- and, the, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living, living being. So here we, I want you to get a picture of this. It's, it's God literally working in the dust, in the clay, and he's forming out man. It, it's kind of like uh, Pastor Don and I had some time with our grandkids, Chris, our grand, that's, that's not our grandkid, that's our son, but Noah and Kaylee. And we got some clay and we started building some, some little figures and stuff and we put them together and you could see that I am not talented at this at all. Um, and God is a much better artist than I am. But uh, Pastor Don and Kaylee, they made a pretty cool, the queen picture that's going to come up, that, that was their work. And Noah built that little, uh, I think it's called a Pikachu or uh, I don't know what it is, but anyway, he did a great job on it. I made that ugly old man that <laughs> you see. It didn't work so well. <clears throat> but anyway, God literally is doing basically the same thing. He's forming out man. And it says that as he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, that man became a living being. Now there's another translation. The Amplified Translation says this. It says, Then the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground, and breathe into his nostrils the breath or the spirit. That's important. Breathe in the spirit of life. And man became a, la- a living being. Now there's a couple other translations that I want to pull from. There's, there's, there's some of the aromatic, ar- aromatic, Aramaic translations. that uh, and, and actually some of the, the old ancient Hebrew, Jewish translations that, that say it in a different way. And this is, this is a combination of them. I want you to hear this. It says, and the Lord God formed man from the dust of the earth. He breathed into his nostrils and man became another speaking spirit like God. Now listen to what that's saying. As God breathed into his nostrils, man became another speaking spirit like God. Now we're starting to see exactly these gifts that God gave us, dominion, gave us authority, this power. And he also gave us seed. Now look at with me if you will. I want to do a quick comparison as we look at some scripture here. And I'm building a case. You, you'll get this, I promise you. Genesis 1.1 says this. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We've read that, right? We saw it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. <coughs> but if we look at John 1.1, and compare this scripture, I want you to see what it says. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So now this is talking about, of course, it tells us in verse 14 that uh, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory as, as the, the um, only begotten of the, of the Father. So we know that it's talking about Jesus. But I want you to, to, to focus in on John 1, 3 to see where I'm going with this. And you may be sitting there going, How, what has this got to do with this authority stuff? You're going to see this. It's, it's powerful stuff. John 1, 3, all things, listen to this, were made through him, talking about Jesus. Without him, nothing was made that was made. All things were made, but nothing that was made was made without him. Amen? 
So we're, we're starting to see here that, that we've got this authority, we've got this power, we're creating God's image and in his likeness. And now we're seeing the word, the word, <laughs> you know. Uh, we're, it's talking about the word, that the word was with God and the word was God. So again, in Genesis, in the very first chapter, I don't know if you notice this or not, but when it talks about the creation process, God said, and it was. God said, and circumstances and situations changed because God said. He actually did that 10 times over and over again, repetitively. We see it, God said, and it was. God said, and it was 10 times. You ever wonder why he went ahead and put in there 10 times? Why didn't he just tell Moses to write, God said, and these 10 things happen? It's because he's teaching us. It's because he's showing us, because we're created in his image and his likeness. He's showing us how to be like him. You getting this? So as he shows us how to be like him, we're going to learn exactly how we're to, <clears throat> to face things. We're, we're going to see how we're to go ahead and operate in the same fashion, in the same method that God did. Okay, so here we go. We've looked at this. We can see it. We're not going to be deceived by the enemy anymore. So let's look at um, Hebrews 11.3 based on what we just learned and look what it says. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. So that's where it's talking about the power of God and the creative power of God came from his word. Do you see that? And God's showing us these examples. Now, if we jump down, if, if we look at this, it, again, remember there's a seed. God gave us seed. Gave us authority and power, and he gave us seed. Now look at um, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. It says that it's going to all come together, and you're going to sit back and go, wow. All right? So, 5, it says, Therefore be imitators of God. This letter was written to the New, New Testament church, at Ephesus. It is also written to the New Testament church, a faith family church. This is for us. This is for the age that we live in. This is instruction for us. Therefore, be imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example as well-beloved children imitate their father. Why did he say it 10 times? Why do we have the examples over and over again? Because we're supposed to learn from him. We're supposed to see that there's power in the spoken word. We're supposed to realize that because we're in his image and his likeness, that he's now given us authority and dominion like he has. And he's given us this gift of seed like we need. We can see that by imitating him, it's going to bring a difference. It's going to bring a change, right? So now in Luke 11, or 8.11, look what it says. This is good stuff, I'm telling you. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. What's the seed? It's the word of God. God gave us authority, gave us power, and he gave us seed, amen? Can you see that? He gave us this, and, and he gave us the ability to speak. He gave us the seed, his word, and we have the ability to speak. We're another living, speaking spirit like God. Isn't that what we just saw? So now, with the ability to speak and now the seed of his word, we now are equipped to, to live this out, to, to walk this out. So if we will go ahead and, and, and realize that, all right, I got authority, 
I got a power. This is delegated to me through the finished work of Jesus Christ. Okay, how do I exercise it? How do I make it personal? How do I apply it to my situation? Well, according to what we're reading here, that we put God's word in our mouth. The Bible says rhema. It's, it's, it's a word that means the spoken word of God. When we speak the word of God, knowing who we are and the authority we have, when we speak it in faith, we can have expectation that it's going to change whatever it is we're facing. You say, Pastor Mike, this just seems like it's out there. Listen, I'm, I'm not done yet. This, this gets better. Hang on with me, you guys. Come on, let's, let's, let's get everything God has for us today. Look at um, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. It says this. Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. Again, that's talking about Jesus Christ. And upholding all things by the power, I mean by the word of his power. Upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had, him, when he had by himself purged our sins, we talked about this, remember? He went into the tomb. He, he descended. He, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. He made an open show out of, out of all the principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness. He did all of that for us. Then look what happened. He sat down at the right hand of majesty on high. We've talked about that seat at the right hand of majesty, that right hand of the throne. That's a seat of delegated authority. And remember, the Bible says that not only is he seated there, but we are seated with him in heavenly places. We're now connected to be able to, to operate in that same delegated authority to bring about positive change and to stand against the negative attacks that the enemy would throw our way. We're able to, to operate the way that God says we're supposed to. Amen? You see that? I'm telling you, this is good stuff. And, and I'm just so blessed by the way that it says that um, he upholds all things by the word of his power. He doesn't say the power of his word. It says the word of his power. You know why it says that? Because it's very, very simply telling us that God's word is his power. God's word is his power. When he spoke, it released the power and it changed things. God's word is his power. I hope you see that. He upholds all things by the word of his power. Man, you know, say it with me. God's word, God's power is his word. God's word is his power. We see this and, and it, it's so clear. Also, we've got God's word is seed. God's word is the seed. So now we start putting this together for us. God's word is the seed and God's power is his word. And he's made this available to us. He's made this available to us as believers. God's word is seed. God gave us the seed. God's power is his word. If we allow God's seed, his word, to be active in our life by us speaking it, by us declaring it over our situations, then we're going to have the power of God active in our lives. I mean, I, I hope you get that. Right now, whatever you're using, whether it's your phone, your iPad, your laptop, your desktop, whatever device it is, or maybe you have an actual Bible setting there, you literally have the power of God in his word. His word is his power. It's right there. It's in your hands. And, and so many believers are, are crying out for God to send something down from heaven. God, we need help. Send it down. He, he's not going to send it down because it's already here. It's already in our hands. 
Romans 10 even tells us that we're not to be asking him to send it down. We're to receive what we already have and use it. Make use of what he's made available to us. I hope you're seeing this. I hope that it's clear enough for you to understand that God expects us to rise up to a higher plane than maybe we've ever been before by applying this, this truth that this seed that he's given us, his word, is his power. It's not far off. It's not somewhere we got to hope that he brings it. It's not somewhere that we got to go get it. It's right here. It's right here. And it's for us. Amen? I hope you guys are seeing this. So, but here's the reality about this. Here, here's the truth about this is that, you know, seed is a funny thing. And God's word is seed. And <clears throat> if you leave the seed in the barn and you never plant it or sow it in its proper place, then you cannot expect to reap the harvest. Now you have the power to, to, to bring about that harvest right there in that bag of seed. The power's there in God's word. But if we never apply it, if we never take it, what, what, what would you think of a farmer who sat around and cried that he's broke and nothing ever works for him, and you walk into his barn and all the seed's still sitting there. You'd think he's, uh, you know, maybe a Happy Meal short of a, a whatever, however that goes. But, but that's, that's the situation when Christians are sitting around and complaining and crying about why nothing works when you've been given the power of God. But what do we have to do? We've got to get that word off the pages into our hearts. And once it's in our heart, we bring it up through our mouth and we speak it with faith. And we release that power just like God did in creation. Light be, light was. Healing be, we already saw, Jesus gave them the power to heal all manner of sickness, all manner of disease, to stand against demonic powers, principalities, powers, rulers. It's already done. It's ours, it's there. But we got to use it. We've got to make use of it. God's got a better life for you than you're living. I promise you. And he's shown us in his word what we need to do. So if you could join with me and, and, and you, can, you can jump in and instead of just reading it to get through it, but actually spend time in the word, find out what it says, learn and grow. Let the Holy Spirit reveal it to you so that you have understanding on how to use it. When you're given something that's powerful, you need lessons to learn how to use it. So you use it effectively and correctly. Amen? And that's really what God is trying to get us to see with his word. Pastor Mike, man, you're really drilling down on this. Why, what, what are you so worked up about? I don't want you to be the people that God talked about last week in Hosea chapter 4, verse 6, where he said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. I want you to know this. I want you to know it so well that you use it. I want you to use it so well that the devil's defeated in your life. God gets the glory, but you get to walk out that life. You know, as a shepherd, that's, that's, that's my purpose. I've given my life to this to help you become all that you can be and what God's provided you. And, and it's with, it, it, it is with a passion that it's hard to, me to, to keep down when I start talking about stuff like this. It, it, it is for us to join in. And, and remember what Jesus said? That if you abide in my word, that's what we're talking about. If you abide in my word, then you'll know the truth. 
and that truth that you know will set you free? What truth is that? It's the truth of the, the schemes, the lies, and the deceptions of the devil. You'll know the truth. Once you know the truth, you, you can't be conned anymore. You no longer are a victim when you know the truth. Amen? And, and uh, if, if you'll just grab a hold of this and, and, and run with it, I'm telling you, God's going to show up in a big way. I know there's some resistance. I, I can feel a little pushback. You know, like, pa- Pastor Mike, that's out there. It's not out there. It, it's God's word for you. I don't know. I mean, you really think that my words can change things like God's word? Well, last scripture, we're going to close. Um, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. Proverbs 18, verse 21. This is some insight that God wants us to have. It says this. It says, death and life, that's positive and negative. That's calamity, destruction, our life. God, the kind of life God has for us, life to the full, death and life are in the power of the tongue. The power of the tongue. Do you know that word power is, we've, just, we've defined it before, means ability to get results. There's power in your tongue to either bring forth death or to bring forth life. That's why God's showing us this. That's why he wants us to see it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Is this an important message? Probably the most important message you've ever heard. This series, not because it's mine, it's not mine. This series is from God's word. And I've heard so many preachers teach on this. This is good stuff, but it's for every one of us. I love you. I'm willing to go ahead and preach something that you may be a little, oh, I'm not sure about this, just for the off chance that you might say, hey, I think that's right. I, I, you know what? I'm believing what he's saying. You know, the Apostle Paul said this. He says, we believe, therefore we speak. Why do we have to speak? Because that's the way you release the power. That's the way you set that power loose to go ahead and accomplish what it's designed to accomplish. God's got a good life for you. The devil's got destruction for you. You choose by what you do with the words that come out of your mouth. It's that simple. I hope you stick with me. I hope you stay for next week. Uh, we're going to go ahead and close down today. If you're, bo- if you're born again, you're a child of God, this is all already yours. That power is available to you now. You just have to make use of it, like flip the switch. Amen? If you're not born again and you're hearing this message, then I want you to know that this is available to you. Not that you have to earn it or, or deserve it or anything like that. This is all an act of God. God I mean, an act of love that God did to rescue his children from that fallen place that Adam took us to. It was Jesus who came back and did everything that needed to happen so that we could be free from that and we could draw close to God again and become the people he originally created us to be. This is all available to you. You don't have to join a church. You don't have to be super spiritual. You just have to believe that God loves you and he made this available through Jesus Christ, his son. So what I want to do is I want to ask you and I want you to prepare if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life, then I want you to go ahead and close your eyes. I want you to say this prayer with me and I want you to believe. The Bible says if we believe in our heart and again, here's that power of words and we speak with our mouth, the Bible says that we will be born again. Old things will pass away. We will be a, become a brand new spirit all through the power of belief and the power of speaking words. 
So do this with me. Heavenly Father, right now, I believe that this good news is good news for me. I thank you that I may not know it all, but I can tell that you love me and you're wanting to get better to me. And I can now see and I do believe that it's through Jesus Christ that I will receive the fullness of what you have for me. So I right now declare by faith that Jesus Christ, your son, that became a sacrifice, is now my savior. I declare that by faith and I believe it to be so. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. All right, now what just happened was that you said a prayer that allowed God to come in and to completely wash away all your past sins. They've all been paid for. They were washed away because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And you are now in perfect right standing with God. You're a child of God right now because of that prayer you prayed. And you know what? It may be something you're not familiar with. That's why we're here as a church. Our church is going... There are people right now, they're cheering and they're excited about somebody receiving Jesus. That's, that's just who we are. But we don't only really want to just cheer the moment you do it. We want to be there and help you through the walk that's coming, through the first steps of what it means to be a child of God. So we're here for you. There's a, a, a way to um, contact us on the screen. You'll see that. It's a connect card. Let us know your decision. Get in touch with us. We'll get some resources to you and we'll make ourselves available to you to help answer any questions you have and help you navigate through these first few days here, or as long as you want, to walk out the plan that God has for your life. Amen? I want to say thank you to everybody that supports us because it's the only way that we can continue to bring the word, that we can continue to do. We're getting good good information, good uh, results. We can't announce it yet, but it's all coming together for the outreaches we've been wanting to do. Boom, boom, boom. God's making it happen. So we're excited. It, it takes longer than we wanted to, but guess what? God's doing it. So just be excited. Keep standing with us in faith, and we're going to see this thing come to pass. Excited about what God's doing. Rock stars, those of you who continue to tithe and give offerings, you're making things happen in Myanmar. It's just incredible. You're making things happen in Greece through Aleka and everything that she's doing. You're making a difference not only here in the world around us, but halfway around the world you're making a difference. And God's watching, and he's honoring. He knows what you're doing. And don't you dare not think that he's going to bless you because of what you're doing. The Bible says as you sow, it's going to come back to you. Press down, shake together, and running over. So get your expectations up. Look for it to happen. And God's going to show up in a big way. I love you guys. I'm so excited about this series. I know that it might be a little different, but just, just reach out in faith. Study the word. Look at what the scriptures were taught. Look at the scriptures we're talking about and see if they're not for you. Amen? Any questions you need, you want to talk, you contact me through that Connect card, and I'll be sure to get back to you, and we'll, we'll help you any way we can. If we can't do it, we'll find somebody that can. Amen? Love you guys. Have a blessed day. This is the end of this teaching. We hope you enjoyed it. To stay connected with our ministry, visit us on the web at myffc.tv or like us on Facebook.